When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs is sponsored by AAA Heating and Air. Their premier HVAC company in the Midlands is growing. Are you a top HVAC technician? AAA Heating and Air is looking for dedicated applicants to fill their fast-growing service department with top-notch HVAC technicians. If you're the best, then they want you. If you're ready to stop working and start a career, you can earn up to $100,000 plus a year at AAA Heating and Air. Quality candidates will have at least two years' experience and a good driving record. Benefits include top industry salaries, commission on service and unit sales, set call limits, company-provided take-home vehicle and gas card, company-provided cell phone and tablet, health, dental, and vision benefits, 401k retirement plan with company match and scaled PTO based on length of service. Contact Roy and Dana Finley at 803-677-1500 or check out their job postings on Facebook or ZipRecruiter. Triple A air when you need us. Triple A heating and air. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, founded by Firemen. With Chris Clark. The 2007 South Carolina class was, at that time, sixth in the country and fourth in the SEC. It's just amazing. Wes Mitchell. You know, I think if you're South Carolina, you're you're aiming to, to at least be at 50%. Then in theory, you're adding talent, you're getting better, you're putting yourself in a position to compete. And Tyler Head. It's been a great week for South Carolina. On the recruiting front, still certainly plenty to talk about. On the home of the Gamecocks, 107.5 The Game. And welcome into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on 107.5 The Game, Tyler Head and Wes Mitchell and Chris Clark finally returning to us after his week off last week. And obviously plenty to talk about, guys. We had the Garnet and Black Spring game on Saturday night. Uh, Ask Colin Taylor this in the 9 o'clock hour guys ever seen a spring game go into overtime first of all let me introduce you all to my friend chris clark he's new to the show he's gonna be joining us every day at 11 um i've never seen a spring game have rock paper scissors yeah that was cool that was pretty nifty um i was actually on the broadcast i heard and uh they were like oh maybe we're gonna do some rock paper scissors and i'm like yeah no there's no way they're gonna oh god they're doing it that's exactly what happened the uh, the the fact of the matter here. I think you had your wrong mic on. Try that again, Chris. I'm here. There you go. I've been here in so long that the mics don't work for me anymore. I don't. I don't get one. No, that was an interesting way to pick it, though. That, that was fun. I mean, I really didn't think as much. So I know they were deciding on the fly, and they didn't have like a plan. But as much as they talk about competition, I was like, this is. It doesn't work to let it let it in a tie. Well, I thought it was funny. The Rattler said after the game, like he was egging it to get out there and get back in the game himself because he wanted his team to win. They're like, no, you've you've played enough. You're gonna you're gonna stay on the sidelines. But I mean, these guys and they had their their draft thing that they did on Thursday night. Like these guys were were really really into it. Yeah, this is not soccer. We're not gonna end in a tie. <laughs> and. You know, they, they had to come up with a way on the fly. But they, they do, like, quite a bit of sort of 
best out of five situational football yeah. in practice anyway. So I, I assume there was going to be some type of just, um, you know, doing doing an overtime period with basically a two-point conversion off, I guess you would call it. it. was a great way to do it. But, yeah, Beamer Beamer said that. He said that a bunch of guys were just all over him talking about, hey, I want to go back in, I want to go back in. Uh, Rattler, Juju, Juice, even Worry, I think. Um so they wanted the dub, obviously, and they got hats. They got championship hats That's that were just that were just from the looks of it were just gamecock hats. Like they did, they did. And I even it was great on the TV view. Somebody tried to snatch Colton Gothier's hat off his head, just goofing off, and he's like, "No," he's like, "Give me that back." So they were. It, it was it's it was a, serious. It's, a, it's about bragging rights. Spencer was, was Spencer was lobbying people the whole game. He was working the refs. He got he got hosed on. Not scoring the first touchdown that he ran in. Uh, nah, he got hosed. It was a literal. Uh, it was a two hand touch. But that's uh, when you wear the green jersey. Nah, that's what happens. Got to give it to him. I think. Uh, I think you know in in a live game. I think he would have gotten there. You know, maybe the defender. I don't even remember who that was that two hand touched him. You know, he he might have gotten brought down. But I, I wanted to. I think you needed a little bit more than that. But he, yeah, he was lobbying everybody the whole game. Teammates, refs, Shane Beamer. Which off of that, did you like how they did it where Rattler and Doty weren't live, but the other guys, Sellers, uh, Bailey, yeah. could all be tackled in a live game situation? Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. you got to do it like that. Obviously, you don't want – there's no point. You're, ne- you're never going to have guys with experience, um, you know, like Rattler and Doty getting hit out there. But for your young guys, man, I mean, you really don't get live action like that really at any time so i think having the pressure of potentially getting hit having to deliver the football with guys flying around you that's you know it's rare actually in football it's not it's not like basketball where you just go scrimmage and you can get simulated games this is um you know one of the few times in a year where you actually get to go out there and get tackled and i think that's valuable and for a guy like sellers too so much of his game is running and, and being physical and stuff like that, that I, I think that was very valuable for him. This was obviously our first opportunity to see sellers in a live game situation. And again, you don't put all the weight into what you saw in the spring game on Saturday night. Certainly a lot more going to be put into what we've, what's been seen over the first 14 practices. But you see that raw talent and athleticism on full display with him running the ball, threw, a ball, you know, threw the ball pretty well in, in the couple of uh, passes that he was, he was able to get off. Certainly, you know, time to develop and time to improve in a lot of areas, but the raw talent is is certainly there for Lenora Sellers, which we all expected. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to unpack from this game and a lot of things I think we need to hit on, but Sellers was definitely probably in the top five of things that I, I thought were noteworthy from this game. And, you know, to me, guys, he was like as advertised. I mean, yeah, early on in his recruiting process, he didn't really get as much hype as, as a guy as talented as he is should have. But I think as it went on and as Gamecock fans learned more about this guy, they realized, like, okay, this is an absolute steal. You saw the rankings actually kind of catch up there, and he was a highly rated guy by the end, even if he didn't have the huge offer list. And so the buzz had kind of already started to build because it's harder and harder for a guy to just come out of nowhere. And... I think anybody that just had not paid attention, though, or had only just kind of heard about what he's capable of, they got 
what did you say, a glimpse? Like, it was still relatively few plays. But that that ball he threw on that fourth down um, was like a little over route, I think. And, I mean, that was a dime. And then you saw a couple of uh, couple of runs he made were, were pretty nice. And there, even the throw, I think it was to Omega Blake down the sideline. And there were a couple of guys all bunched up maybe somebody ran their own route or something and but but i mean the receiver slowed up on the play that ball is actually pretty perfectly thrown i i thought so he uh again as advertised and when i say that that's because we've been advertising that this kid could be special i i saw nothing to make me change that thought process and he looked very poised too he was just Calm, collected, looked pretty comfortable. Um, I, I liked everything I saw. I think even the casual, more casual fan is now starting to go, oh, okay. The casuals. The casuals. <laughs> They're starting to go, okay, Lenore Sellers. Let, let me let me do a little bit more reading about this guy on Gamecock Central, right? Because maybe for those who were there, those who just watched the broadcast live or rewatched the broadcast, you know, you see this big kid and you see the ranking and you see the numbers that he put up in high school especially last season in Florence had an incredibly productive year and then you see you know they played during the broadcast and this was on Gamecock football social media too you know that how they had the draft and it appears Lenora Sellers went very high in the draft I, I don't know the number one pick it seemed like he was the number was he the number one overall pick or did he, they just kind of slot that my impression was that he was the number one pick for at least one of the teams. For one of the teams, yeah. and maybe the number one overall pick. Or they edited it to make it seem that way, but on, on Gamecock football social media, you saw they kind of had the double, you know, two pictures collage, and it was Spencer Rattler for one team. It was Lenora Sellers for the other. So that shows you, right? And then you go to all the things that we've been hearing about him since he enrolled early, um, even before spring ball, you know, the player-run practices, what he's been doing in workouts, it's been extremely impressive. And so I'm with y'all. You don't want to put, you can't put too awful much into the spring game in terms of stock. But what you can see is the things he's capable of and the tools. And, you know, I, I rewatched it a few times and kind of thought about it some too. I just, when you watch Lenora Sellers play, there aren't weaknesses. Like literally, I can't think of any. His weakness would be, you know, inexperience right now. And it's it's an interesting thing to say because he's not even going to be the starter this year, barring injury. But this guy literally checks every single box, I think, that you would want in a quarterback. He's got size. He can throw with touch. He can throw with zip. He's extremely smart. The leadership, I think, was on display. You saw him, you know, gathering his teammates, um, showing leadership on the field. Extremely intelligent. Uh, the running ability is really underrated with his balance, his power. He just has all the tools, and I think that glimpse should be very exciting to Gamecock fans. Well, and I left sort of thinking, all right, there's a role for him on this team in 2023. Like, I, I didn't maybe know going in, all right, how how is this going to play out? Is you know, is he going to kind of just redshirt and, and, hey, we're getting you ready for the future? I, I left saying, all right, if to carry on Joyner is going to be a running back, then I, I think Sellers is 
what Joyner was last year. And Sellers, obviously a big kid. I mean, you want to kind of somebody on our board, I think, compared it. Tebow, his freshman year, basically, where short yardage, you want to get a running threat in at quarterback. Uh, you know, a lot of times in short yardage at South Florence, they were lining him up. And a lot of times they would do him, they would like put him in that like deep snap shotgun where you have basically two running backs slash fullbacks um, like split, but almost in front of him. And they're just running QB power, like with a lead blocker. And everybody in the stadium knew he was going to get the football and he got the first down anyway. Now, obviously, it's going to be a little bit more difficult at the SEC level, but I could see that role being there for him this year. I think he just brings too much to the table not to get him involved. So at five is going to be taking hits at running back, then to me, uh, I think we've already seen enough. If Sellers keeps progressing, I'm putting him in that role this year. Well, I think the best thing is that he's coming into a program where he's not having to be thrust into the spotlight as a true freshman quarterback where everybody's saying, hey, the weight of everything's on you. You better step up and perform if you want to use him in those situations or if you want to preserve that red shirt and only bring him in for, you know, the four games that he'd be allotted this season and preserve him, you know, to have as much eligibility as he can starting next year. Like he has time to develop. He has time to get ingrained in this program. Again, you're not just thrusting him out there and saying, okay, go out there and be great in your first year. Yeah, that's a... And we saw that with Luke Doty, you know? I mean, we, we saw Luke being thrust into a situation earlier in his career that would it would be different than Lenoris, right? Because not only would it be just a true freshman playing quarterback in the SEC, but you remember that Luke was bouncing back and forth positionally, you know, uh, his first season. And was playing on a team that was having a lot of struggles during the COVID year. There, there was a lot there. Um, I mean, I was asked the question on the Insiders Forum today on Gamecock Central of, hey, let's say Spencer Rattler had gone pro. Let's say he had left after one season. Who would have the inside track at the starting job? Is it Luke Doty or Lenora Sellers? And I still think, especially entering the spring, maybe even exiting, Doty would have the inside track. But I think by the time we got to the season, Lenora Sellers would have something to say about that. I think he's that good. Um I'm very intrigued by Wes's thought of not just having him sit on the bench and bide his time and continue learning and developing, but actually implementing him this year is a really interesting idea because, you know, as he pointed out, if Joyner's playing more running back for you and still playing receiver, yeah, he can go in there and take some snaps at quarterback or he can do some things while he's in the backfield. You always have Doty out there with the ability to run the football as well, but he's more of a quarterback, you know, and he's right now your primary backup quarterback. I love the idea of being able to implement Lenora Sellers. And with the eligibility thing, Tyler, I mean, if this guy's as good as he can be, as mm-hmm. good as we think he can be, I mean, you may not have him. Sure. <laughs> you know, you you may want to maximize the time that you do have with him because, I, I mean, I really do think that he's that good. This guy could has the potential to, to be that good. Sure. Yeah, we're worry about the eligibility later yeah. because I I think to your point he is that good but also I I think he can actually really help you this year. If you think about short yardage, them trying to get the running game going, some of your questions at the running back position itself and just having an an option there. I I think, you know, we've talked about it all off season. 
they're going to have to be creative in the running game at times, whether that's getting a guy like Leggett involved in the reverse game like we saw last year or trying to just do some different things on short yardage to stay on the field. If Sellers can increase your percentage on short yardage by, you know, five percentage points or whatever yeah. whatever random number, if he can help you, then I, I, I think you got to set him up in that role. And it, it would only help him just getting, even if you're not out there running the offense, that's still valuable experience. The next time you actually go out there and have to run the offense in a real game situation, you're not looking around. You're not looking for your mom in the stands. You're not worried about the LED lights. You're you're locked in. Not that Sellers really seems like a guy you got to worry about that anyway. I mean, very sort of laid back, quiet kid off the field. But like Chris said, you saw. I mean, you saw just the natural leadership tendencies that he has. So. Very impressed. I know we're getting all up into about eight throws, but it, it was impressive. We'll continue to react to what we saw in the spring game on Saturday. Before we hit this break, though, I want to give you a chance to win a pair of tickets to tomorrow night's baseball game as the Gamecocks take on Charleston Southern at 7 o'clock out at Founders Park. Be caller number five right now at 803-404-6100 for your chance to win that pair of tickets. We'll be right back with the Gamecocks Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs on 107.5 The Game. I mean, you can't complain when you got guys like this, Trey Knox, AB, DK, um, Xavier, many other guys and guys coming in. Um, it would have looked a lot better tonight if I hit him on the fade ball, missed him a little bit, but, you know, we'll connect on that in the season, uh, work through the summer. But Trey has been a great add-on to our team, very selfless, great leader, um, experienced guy in this in this conference, and uh, he played really well tonight. I was happy to get him his first touchdown, and uh, Willie B. And welcome back in to Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs here on 107.5 The Game, Tyler West and Chris. Along with you, that was Spencer Rattler Saturday night after the spring game, talking about Trey Knox, the new addition transfer tight end from Arkansas. Knox ended up having 40 yards and one touchdown on Saturday, that being the uh, touchdown from Spencer Rattler. They gave the black team the 7-0 lead early on in the first quarter. Uh, you know, The tight end position was obviously one that had a lot of question marks coming into the spring, given the fact that it was completely cleaned out. At the end of last year, you had several new additions with guys like Knox and Simon. You bring in some recruits as well. Um, and from what we saw on Saturday, maybe this was just because they were playing on the same team, but Rattler and Knox seemed to have a really good chemistry with each other. Yeah, they did. You can tell they've worked very hard to sort of build that rapport. And that's something we had heard that they had really kind of been focused on that. And again, I mean, I'll, I'll use the same phrase from earlier. I, I thought as advertised is what Trey Knox looked like to me. I, I watched him without the ball some as well and, um, you know, seems to operate with physicality. And, you know, there's a lot of talk last year about, uh, you know, why is Jaheim Bell not playing more? Why is Jaheim Bell not on the field? And a big reason that was cited then was, hey, they, they kind of are treating him like a wide receiver because they know he has issues, um, you know, not uh, blocking, basically, as, as well as he needs to. So, you know, I, I think with him, with Trey Knox, you know, this is a wide receiver turned tight end. But if you didn't know that already and you just looked at him, you would actually never know that. Like, he is a very thick uh, kid and uh, or, or man, I should say. Even watching him in that press conference, like he's just so broad. Yeah, sitting next to Simon, he's 
Big dude. Brawl. And, and Simon's not a small si- guy. I was going to say, Simon's a big dude, too. That's a great yeah. man. So, I I don't know, man. I, I think I think they really got something in, in Trey Knox. And you can always tell. I was like, all right, is the play calling directing the ball to him or is this the quarterbacks focusing in on him? Usually it's a little bit of both, but when Tanner Bailey came in, he kept firing the ball to number one as well. So that tells me those quarterbacks have probably learned pretty quickly, all right, one is going to be open and one is going to catch the football. And it's no surprise because we have talked about it. We've heard this, but I I think both Knox and Josh Simon, they're going to be a huge part of this offense. We all know what you're going to get with Juice, but uh, I think once again, tight ends will be – a uh, focal point for Carolina's offense. And a focal point even if they're not getting the football. And I think it goes back to the point that you made. You know, playing without the football and how teams are defending you and what they think of you, you know, how they're playing you. When Trey Knox and Josh Simon are on the field, there's no doubt that they are a tight end, that you have to treat them that way. You know, you can can know that they're going to be a receiving threat especially because I mean, Josh Simon, he's caught a lot of touchdowns, a lot of balls at Western Kentucky in his career, especially early on. Uh, Trey Knox, as Wes said, receiver background. So they have that skill set, but they also have the size and the experience and the knowledge to be quality blockers too. I mean, one of the, one of the returns that we heard during spring football is that those guys probably better than advertised, maybe not advertised, better than they thought even coming in as blockers that they've, you know, shown themselves to be even more well-equipped in that area. So that's certainly a positive. Um, There are things that I think South Carolina will miss from last season's tight end group. When you look at those guys, Um, you know, Stogner was a guy that had kind of that two way ability, so to speak, because he was certainly a big presence. You know, he's a big body. He could block, he could catch the football intermediate routes. Adkins, his ability to just do everything. And Jaheim Bell, as as a guy that could play running back or play a wide receiver role, not as a as adept of a blocker. And as Wes said, you had to treat him as more of a receiver, or defenses could. But these guys, although there's a different skill set, you get something different, but you also get something, I think, really good. Um, you can line them up in different spots, and it, it puts the defense, I think, into conflict a good bit. And, um, you know, open up the middle of the field. I mean, a lot of what we saw from Simon and Knox in their route running yesterday, we certainly didn't see even 50% of, of this offense. I mean, what we see? Not even a quarter, probably. But we saw some glimpses of how they can be used and opening up the middle of the field and being that big presence. I think that was a glimpse of what we'll see this year. Um, with that, well, we talk about Trey Knox and the chemistry that he's built with Spencer Rattler so far. And how big of a factor is the familiarity that Dow Loggins has with Knox? Both those guys come from Arkansas, knowing what he's able to do to maybe being able to slot him into this offense a little bit quicker and, and be able to adapt to him a little bit more than a, a Simon who comes from a Western Kentucky. Yeah, I don't know if it was a huge difference, but I would think at least before you get out there on the field, you know, Loggins obviously would know all right exactly what this guy is capable of, and would have been able to tell, you know, Jody Wright and the rest of the offensive guys, hey, I I know what this guy can do, and here here is how we're going to use him. I, I would imagine whether you knew that or not coming in, I mean, you'd probably take about 
10 snaps of a practice to be like, okay, Trey Knox can, this guy can help us. Um, you know, there's pro- probably a little bit more just understanding of what makes Trey Knox tick, you know, what motivates him, what he can and can't do when you really start getting into the intricacies of his skill set and his traits and stuff like that. But certainly, I mean, I, I think this guy, you know, is, is actually potentially one of Carolina's better players on, on offense this year, which I, I think is actually saying a lot. It's a pretty big sentence. One of the better players and probably one of the most important, you know, just because of, again, that when a guy is a, a wide receiver, you know, when Juice Wells is out there, it is not easy to defend Juice Wells. You know, he can he can do a lot. He can run a variety of routes. He can hurt you in the intermediate game. At one of the plays that we saw in the spring game, right? He can he can take a shorter pass, make somebody miss, and now he's gone the distance. He can also run deep routes, as we saw, busted coverage, right? But in in the spring game, and as we saw last season, he can do all that. But he's a receiver, you know, with Knox. He's someone that's just such a big body and can, again, I'll go back to that phrase, put the defense into conflict so much. I think he's going to be just a critical part of this offense. I remember when we talked with Trey uh, before the spring for the Garnet Trust interview, that's something that he mentioned, Tyler, to your point and your question about his relationship with Loggins. You know, they had talked about just how important it was, how much it opens things up offensively when you have really strong tight end play. And you can tell... Spencer Rattler is very happy, very happy about having Trey Knox and Simon at his disposal this season. All right, we'll continue to talk about what we saw in the spring game on Saturday as the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour rolls on here on 107.5 The Game. Home of the Gamecock, 107.5 The Game. And welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on 107.5 The Game. Tyler West and Chris along with you, and, and Chris, given that you were out for an entire week, do you remember what the sub of the day is on Monday? I would never forget that. I was thinking about it in the Caribbean. Ooh. This is some good food, you know, out here. Everything's good. Tyler Beach. throwing some shade. Yeah, no. Oh, oh, we're we're going we're gonna to get him in a little bit, too, in, in the last segment. Don't worry. Uh-oh. <laughs> You'll see. I don't know anything about this, but I'm ready for it. Yeah, I, I accept any and all uh, criticism, jokes, making fun of me at any point, too, for any reason. I, I'm totally fine with it. But I was sitting there thinking, you know, I've kind of missed not just talking about Firehouse Subs, but eating it as well. And so today, Monday, you can get the meatball sub as the sub of the day at any of your local Firehouse Subs locations. There's 14 of them, actually, in the Midlands. One right down the road on Main Street, one at Garner's Ferry, one in Casey that has a drive through you can go all the way to Sumter and get one. And I think, guys, word is we're going to be in Camden next for our next remote on Friday. Is that right, right Wes? That's what I've been told. That's I'm, what I'm, I'm told. actually amazed that there was not a Firehouse Subs on your cruise ship. Well, I wish there was one. That I'm, I'm been surprised. I mean, Larry has dropped them everywhere else. So, <laughs> yes, I was, I, so I was in Dillon on Friday for Josiah Thompson. Firehouse Subs. I literally did he, this. I just did, yeah, he was literally calling me from across the street from the firehouse. So. I was like, hey, makes sense. Yeah, they just opened that one. Was it outstanding as well? Yeah, it looked outstanding. Looked outstanding. Yeah. Uh, Meatball Monday, seven ninety nine for a medium, five ninety nine for a small. You can get it every day. There's a different sub of the day every day at Firehouse Subs. You can go to firehousesubs.com, use the Rapid Rescue to order, or download the app like I have 
and you can earn rewards on all of your purchases. That's the sub of the day at Firehouse Subs, Meatball Monday. Jumping over to the defensive side of the ball, and given the the depth that they had for this game, they had to get a little bit creative with the edge and the defensive line, but you were able able to see a little bit of Elijah Davis, the transfer defensive lineman, and he looked pretty uh, strong from what we saw on him on Saturday night. Dude, so I knew he had a good game watching it live. Um, Both he and Brian Thomas Jr. I, I thought had really good games watching it live. But going back and watching the replay... You know, on the TV copy, man, I, I thought Elijah had an outstanding night. And he really, I, I think I think Beamer alluded to this, but he really kind of started slow, um, you know, in camp. And, and just, uh, or spring ball, you should say, just came on really, really strong the last two weeks. And, I, I mean, I think this guy can help you a lot, man. Like, he was, he was a four-star guy, so yeah. That makes sense. It might not be like walking out onto a limb to say, oh, this four-star guy can help you. But Juco prospects, you know, to be just completely honest, you, you never quite know. And, you know, I, I thought, you know, this is a guy who is going to help South Carolina quite a bit this season. I like the versatility. He's actually got some bend to him as a big kid. Um, just very impressed. And so I'm, I'm curious. Let's take this big picture how, how much of what we've seen this spring is just like hey let's get through the spring and how much of this is a shift towards something we might see in the fall in terms of how they structure their defense like they do have this sort of big package where they put one of their more versatile you know inside guys out there on the edge and Sometimes and, and most of the time they have that guy opposite one of their sort of um, more edge type outside linebacker you would call. It's almost like a 3-4, even though that outside linebacker guy, sometimes he has his hand in the dirt as well. So if you just looked at it, it's a sometimes still a four-man front, but you package it up with one of their interior guys on the outside. We've seen TJ Sanders do that. Seen Elijah Davis do that. Actually saw um, Demetrius Watson doing that on Saturday as well. I would not be surprised, guys. I know some of it is just because of numbers right now. But if you're going to get your best 11 on the field, then the emergence of Elijah Davis, Tonka Hemingway coming back, Strong coming back, TJ Sanders, y'all notice he's defensive player of the spring. You want to get all those guys on the field. I I think we are starting to trend towards a world where maybe Tonka or Elijah Davis, there's maybe a greater chance one of them is actually playing outside instead of inside. Yeah, I, I do think there's a little bit of a, a combo of it, but I lean much more towards the camp of an experimentation of seeing how you can get your best lineup out there. Now, would they be doing this if, let, let's say Jordan Birch had never transferred and Gilbert Edmond had never transferred? You know, would we be seeing as much of this in the spring or even projecting it forward to the season? Maybe not. Would we be seeing some of it? That's very possible because, as you pointed out, they have some guys that can do it in Tonka and TJ, um, you know, and in Elijah Davis. I think that has forced the hand a little bit more with the depth. You think about Saturday, too. They were already thin at that position. You didn't have Dejumi Azulu play, 
Would have loved to have got a look at loved what he can do. Minor injury, so he got got held out. Um, Tyreek Johnson didn't play, right? Is that correct? Correct, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, Beamer said during his press conference, he looked out and Sterling Lucas had like two guys out there, you know, that were kind of true edges. Um, you know, and a couple of them were your, your more undersized guys. I mean, Brian Thomas Jr., Donovan Westmoreland, who's been working the spring at edge as well. Um, so I think for the purposes of the game and for the spring, with what you've got numbers-wise, you know, you needed to play some other guys. You couldn't uh, pull the Brad Lawing and play long snappers like he used to do in the spring game because they only got two of those as well. Um, so I think it was a little bit of force, but I think it has unlocked something. And I think this is something they've been thinking about anyway and just looking, okay, what is your personnel? It's, it's smart coaching to, to look at your personnel and figure out the best way to get them all on the field. Fortunately, they've got some guys that have the skill set where they can do you know, all those different things. From here, it's just about maximizing it. But I think we're going to see more of it this year. Quickly on the injury front, we saw Jalen Nichols go down on Saturday night. I know Beamer didn't have an update after the game. Have we heard anything else in regards to his uh, condition? Not really. I, I think wait and see on that. Um, you know, Quan Banks was banged up, but seemed like he would be fine. Brian Thomas Jr. was banged up for a second, but he was right back out there. You know, I, I think uh, Nichols is really, as far as I'm aware, the only guy that they're kind of still waiting to see on. I mean, anytime you have a big man with a knee situation, I, I think that creates a little cause for concern. Um, so that, that's certainly something we'll be tracking and, and seeing what happens there moving forward. Uh, with that, and they did kind of do this draft thing where the teams were kind of mixed up, so you didn't necessarily have all ones on one side or all twos on the other. Would you like to have maybe seen a more cohesive offensive line unit as as opposed to the mismatch that we had on Saturday? Yeah, I um, I, I wrote that in my like instant analysis, and then Beamer. I was glad you know he was kind of on the same page. I think let's go back to the casuals. The, the average fan watches a game. And if they just turned to that game on TV, they would have said, man, this O-line is struggling. <laughs> like, I, I felt like a lot of the quarterbacks really couldn't quite get into a rhythm. You know, there, there's been some, I would say, negativity towards Luke Doty. Mm-hmm. And I know he couldn't get hit, but he was he had guys around him about every single throw he made. And I felt like we kind of, we got only very like small snippets of what Mario Anderson and to carry on Joyner could do at running back because there just wasn't always much room to, to operate. And a big part of that is offensive line is such a different animal. When you're talking about splitting a team in two, you're having to go, even at the very beginning, you're having to go 10 deep on guys. That's before you even start subbing guys out. So then you get Nichols hurt. Now, you're going into your 11th guy. Actually, Ja'Kai Moore is not even there. So now you're at your 12th guy. <laughs> you start subbing people out. You're at your 13th, 14th, 15th guy. Um, you're already deep into walk-ons. So it's not like wide receiver where, you know, you can go super deep into that group. And if a guy runs a wrong route, nobody even notices. But if one, if one out of your five offensive linemen screws up, the play gets blown up. So I do think it is, if you're going to have an offensive-oriented spring game and, like, have a bunch of points, 
you uh, you do kind of almost have to try to keep your O line together because cohesiveness is so important. But then the other side of that would be now you got your second string O line. They may be cohesive, but they're you're talking about all second stringers. So mm-hmm. you got your own set of issues. You almost would have maybe had to draft and, and sort of just build in some rules like, all right, we're going to put the first team O line on one team and the first team D line on the other team so that they're always going against each other. And, and nobody is 15 deep on the O line. I mean, yeah. a lot of times, some teams don't even have 15 offensive linemen on scholarship. You know, so, and another one, Westman, Casey, Henry, he's been mm-hmm. out. He's one of your top. He's definitely one of your top 10. 10. 10. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. can make an argument maybe a little bit higher even, but he's definitely a top 10 guy. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I do think we learned a couple. I don't know if learns the right word. We saw a couple of small things. We finally got to see Nick Gargiulo play some center. Like in, in the practice sessions that I've seen, he's been left guard alongside Rashawn Lee. That's how they started the game out. But he did later slide over and take some snaps. Uh, we saw Ryan Brubaker, another guy that we know is a center candidate on this team, back up this year, but he can take some snaps. He did that in the game and also slid over to right guard. So it'll be interesting. Uh, we'll, we'll learn more about the Nichols situation at some point and see how that may or may not affect things. Uh, but it, it was hard to have a firm takeaway of this is what the offensive line is based on just the spring game. And, and by the way, a lot of spring games, a lot of like all-star games, you will see they'll put in rules where it's like, all right, defense can only rush four or defense can send one blitzer. Um, defense has to sit in these coverages. Carolina's out there blitzing <laughs> the nickel off the edge. Like, you know, Beamer said he had to dial back the defensive coaches a little bit because they were getting a little exotic with their their pass rush. So I, I thought I thought that sort of maybe factored in there a little bit as well. But some of it, honestly, y'all was just Elijah Davis and Brian Thomas Jr. just defeating their blocker a, a lot of times. And I I you know I'll be honest, I have never really hyped up Brian Thomas Jr. Um, much as far as what I would maybe project him bringing to the team i i saw enough that i think he's still gonna still gonna be tough for him to ever be an an every down sort of defensive end edge type guy whatever you want to call it but you know as a pass rush specialist or maybe even in that package like we talked about where you kind of add a little bit of extra strength on one side and go a little bit smaller on the other with a stand-up guy i mean there is definitely something to his kind of pass rush juice and just ability to kind of bend around that edge and dip his shoulder. Like you can tell that he's been coached up by someone who played in the NFL as well. And I I thought like year over year, I mean, Sterling Lucas does a fantastic job with these guys on the edge, but year over year, I I thought he's actually, to me, one of South Carolina's most improved players this spring. Right. We'll come back and wrap up the day on today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs founded by Firemen with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head on your home of the Gamecock 107.5 The Game. I'll touch my Phoenix And welcome back in to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. 
here on 107.5 The Game. Tyler West and Chris along with you for a few more minutes. We'll certainly continue to break down the spring game as the week goes along. Some congratulations are in order, though. Wes Mitchell beat Kendall Smith in the Cocky Trot 5K on Saturday. Yeah, I, I did beat her. We're not going to... We're just going to leave it at that. We're not going to brag. Kendall said I would beat her, so it's not as fun. It would have been way more fun if she said that she would win. But, yes, I, I did get her. I'm legitimately surprised. It, not not because of you. Like, like, wow. No, oh, okay, all right, go spin the no, wheel, man. Yeah, no. Go spin the wheel. Seriously. But I don't know. I just thought, I thought Kendall was some, like, like, we're watching these. Is this a marathon on here, Wes? This is the Boston Marathon. This is the Boston Marathon. I, I thought Kendall was like a marathon runner or something. I just assumed, I guess, because she does all the crazy. She she other can't things. she can't fit marathon running into her schedule of eighty seven. <laughs> she doesn't jobs. have time to train for it. She doesn't yeah. even have time to train for the five k. She mm-hmm. tried, but Wes, his superior athleticism was just on display. So, so congr- congratulations thanks. to Wes That's, for. Uh, I don't know where you placed out of everyone in the cocky trot five k, but you beat Kendall. That's all that matters. Yeah, I think it was about one thirty. No, that so. it was not bad. It was really it was an impressive time. That's pretty good. Real. It was fun though, for real. I don't want to spend. I don't want to really want to spend any more time of our. He's blushing. He's We're not, embarrassing. He's, him. he's he's not trying to gloat. Uh, yes. Chris, I'll go ahead and let you tell everyone about our friends over at Amy Mason yeah. Upstate and Farm before we and then we wrap up wheel, the right? day with you spinning the wheel of agony. Yeah, so we have a lot of small business owners that listen to the station here. So if you are one of those small business owners, I'll tell you how Amy Mason Cup State Farm can help you. Given that you own a small business, you have to think about a lot of things, right? You need a plan happy customers, cash flow, but you also need an insurance agent that gets you. And Amy Mason Cup at State Farm, she is a small business owner here in the Midlands too. And so she understands the unique needs that you have as a local business owner. Amy Mason Cup will make it easy to choose the right protection at the right price because one thing you don't need as a small business owner is insurance stress. Give Amy Mason Cup State Farm a call today. That's 803 772 Five 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 four. Go pay her office a visit. Six twelve St Andrews Road, Suite Four. That's Ashland Park Plaza, just off I twenty six at St Andrews. Or visit her website, amymasoncup.com. That's Amy M A S I N C U P P. All right, Wes suggested this last week since you were out all week. Okay. Outside of two tweets when Josiah Thompson committed on Friday, that was all we heard of you last week. He suggested that you... Uh, Actually fair. Yeah, he suggested... I, I would say, to be on vacation, Chris did chip in That's pretty a little on the website pretty, side. It's pretty on brand. Be on vacation and still tweet about a recruit, right? Yeah, it, it definitely is. But you don't get the number 19 recruit in the country every day, so... Yeah, you have to, you have to, now, you have to clock in for momentarily. N- now, where were you when that took place? Oh, gosh. Uh, in the middle of the ocean somewhere. Okay. I, I couldn't tell you. I, I don't have GPS coordinates. Uh, somewhere in the Caribbean, probably between St. Kitts and St. Thomas. Is that the only work you did all week? No, I did a little bit more. Okay. A little bit more. Well, uh, not well, much. He, he answered some questions on the questions thread. Okay. Yeah. Well, a couple things. Well, well, Wes still suggested that you give the well, wheel of I don't know, Ron Tyler, you keep saying, Wes said this, <laughs> Wes said this, Wes said this. You were fully on board. I supported the idea when he brought it up. Okay, so... Nobody needs to hide from it. I fully accept my punishment. I just, I just like how Tyler is, like, hammering that part. Yeah, yeah. Instead of <laughs> owning that he was, he was 50% it. there. All right, so... All right, so we're going to keep talking yeah. so that you can go over there yeah, Wes, and spin I, this so thing. I can't see the wheel. Wes is going to provide uh, yeah. the play-by-play as he does this. There's a lot okay. of great options on there. Yeah, lots of great options. By the way, y'all, Transfer Portal is wide open, so be on the lookout 
Uh, never know who South Carolina could be losing or getting. Uh, Chris now spinning the wheel. Sounds like and, a good spin. Uh, it is a good spin. We're on Wheel of Fortune. And uh, Chris, <laughs> intern for a day. All right. I don't know that, what that means, but I guess it means we get to tell Chris what to do. Well, I guess it's kind of open-ended. We can, make, we can make that whatever we want it to be. Yeah, I was going to say, now, do I have to come in intern for the whole station? Mm, that's a good question. Let's not suggest that. I was not, you, Terry should not have, me, you should Terry not have, have me doing that. You're going to be running the social stuff. media now, Chris. Running, running the social media, doing coffee runs. That's right. Um, I think I should be your intern. Uh, our you interns. Too, just during okay. the hour. Well, we can kind of group that in with him running the board, I guess. I was about to say, yeah. That'd, you, be, that'd be what my intern would do. If you had an intern, then you would need to teach them how to run the board. That's and right. And give them some real world experience. That's right. So. And I'm going to be gone all next week, so you might have to come oh, over oh, here and what run are we the doing? board some. <laughs> well, I did say for so, a day. Yeah. I, will, I will learn it, but I'm not doing it. When you're gone, you're going to have to find somebody else. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll uh, get you over here and let you be an intern at some point this week. Sounds fun. All right, y'all, final thought. After 15 spring practices slash one game, stock up, stock down, stock the same on your expectations for this South Carolina football team. Say probably about the same. Yeah, I'm stock neutral. Stock neutral. Yeah, I think I'm stock slightly up. Okay. Caveat is this two week transfer portal window. Can you add what you need? Can you not have any surprise losses? And. I think there's still a couple of positions. We've talked about them for a month. We don't have to go into it. That you need to supplement. But I, I do think there are some spots. There are some guys where I feel a little bit better about it than I did coming in. Most of the team, I think about what we thought, though. Maybe a spot or two. You know, I, I think they need to add a linebacker. They've been trying to do that in the portal. I don't know if I would have said that coming in. And... um I think there's a couple of freshmen that I now circle, and I say that guy needs to help, but I think slightly up. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Halftime show, Jay and Terry coming up next here on 107.5 The Game.